goalkeeper has stayed forward. It's in towards Halstead. Jarvis has a swing, has another swing, and it's turned in. It's Goodwin, and Torquay have a replay. And all that comes with it. Sheer delight at Plainmore, and even the veteran, 67-year-old Gary Johnson, has a smile etched across his face. Good evening and welcome to episode 98 of the Talking Talkie podcast. I'm Ben Curry and tonight I'm joined by Mr Jonathan Jones. Evening. And by Mr Sam Drewith. Hello. How are we doing gentlemen? Fantastic. Still buzzing. And rightly so. We are talking on Tuesday and on Sunday all three of us were there to see another Gary Time goal, a last minute equaliser which earned us a replay in the FA Cup against Derby. And what a day it was. Um, so we'll dive straight in and um, after the old shot game, um, we named a unchained side. And I think, Sam, that was pretty much the only option Gary Johnson had. And you have to say it looks a very strong team at the moment. 100%. I think the only the only potential obstacles, was we, you know, with the loan signings, not knowing if they're cup tied. But the fact that most of them, well, none of them are cup tied was absolutely, it was a godsend for us, really, because we could what, for the first time this season, play a second consecutive game with the same eleven that looked to be a, a very strong team. Because compared to what we've seen already this season, they 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 look good. And, you know, I'm sure we'll get onto it, but the fact that certain players weren't cup-tied, does that increase our chances of keeping hold of them either permanently or a little bit longer? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Johnny, uh, you travelled down for the match. What were your expectations of the uh, of the tie uh, when it? Well, first of all, when it came out of the uh, of the hat, and then after the six one, how how did you sort of change your your feelings towards the match uh, throughout throughout the week? Well, prior to the six one, I think it was probably just a case of hoping we get through it without embarrassing ourselves a bit, you know, because we were really struggling, and then putting past six putting six past older shot really. You know, I can. I don't think any any of us really saw that result coming, and I think from there we kind kind of thought, is there is there a result in us at home to Derby? Um, I must admit, I kind of it was a really nice feeling actually on the day because I I'm 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 nervous before every talkie game, but I wasn't nervous on on Sunday. I just I, it was just a really enjoyable day, um, and a replay, I, a draw. Would have, I'd have been absolutely static with that, and that's what we got. So, yeah, really happy. Um, I didn't make it to boots and laces before the match, but you both did. So, what was it like in there before before the game? Was it? Did it feel like a a, a different match to you know, the um, yes. course of the rest of the season? Yeah, it definitely. It was round. Yeah, it was heaving. I mean, I I was there uh, uh, even before it opened, and there was a fair old queue to get in. Um. But what, what I thought was great is, is like John said, no one was really nervous. It, it was just that kind of, it was a, a cup day party atmosphere. It was like, do you know what? Don't get embarrassed. Don't embarrass yourselves. Don't get humbling. And it's just, a, you know, nicely playing more full. And I think everyone had that really cliche, like magic of the cup vibe to them. Where it's like, do you know what? Anything could happen, but let's, let's just enjoy it. And it was, uh, yeah, it was nice to see a lot of faces that, you know, managed to get down for the game, and and, and yeah, it, it felt like a real. There was a real buzz in there, 
yeah, I think for a lot of people who had obviously seen us plenty of times this season and been disappointed, it, it felt like a free hit, really. It felt like a day just to enjoy, um, you know, being on the big stage and not really being any pressure on us at all, really. Um, so moving on to the match, the first real talking point happened after 15 minutes with a very, very high boot on Tom Lapsley. Um, what did you think at the time, Johnny? And having seen it back uh, with benefit of hindsight, what, what do you think about the decision not to send off uh, whoever it was? So at the time, I must admit, I was banging for blood only because of what it would, what it would have meant for us as a team. But I'm not convinced it was a red card because I think Laps has been very clever and he he always goes in for those sorts of challenges. He almost invites that kind of challenge on. Um, I'm, it's almost like he went for the ball. I know, I know the rules sort of keep changing. I'm not, I, someone will say it doesn't matter. The boot was in his face. Therefore it's a red card. I'm not convinced. I will get onto the later one. I won't go onto that, but um, I, 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 I didn't necessarily think it was a, it was a, it was a red card to be honest. That first challenge. Ooh, I was convinced. I mean, it's what I was saying to Ben before we started. I, I didn't actually see it in real time. I, I sort of did, but I didn't really register it. But when I saw the replay, I was thinking that's a red card, clear as day. He's gone in, studs up like that, and I still think it is. But now you've made that argument, I can see exactly what you mean. Lapsley is clever like that and invites a challenge, but ultimately it's a high boot with the studs up and that by the letter of the law, that's, um, that's a red card challenge, surely. I mean, I think what the TV shows really well is that the guy's eyes are on the ball at all times. You know, he's not going to, he's not going in to hurt Lapsley. It's just incidental that he does. But at the same time, you have endangered an opponent. And in, in an era now where we're taking concussion as seriously as possible, I think kicks to the head should really be dealt with in the harshest possible way to ensure that that sort of thing doesn't happen. Mm. Um, I mean, uh, to the letter of the law, it probably isn't a red card, but it, in my mind, it should be a red card, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think there's quite a famous incident um, it happened in a, a Champions League game about, about 10 years ago, Man United. I mean, Nani got sent off for a very similar challenge. I don't know if you remember it. And it was it was more innocuous than that one. And he got given a, a red card for it. So, yeah, um, it's it's one of them, and that you see some given and some not. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, in the first half, uh, Derby um, had the better of it, I would say, and uh, they raced into a two-goal lead just after half time. Um, how did you feel at half time, one nil down? Did did you feel that, that Derby we, we could get back into the game first of all? And then how did you feel a minute after halftime when we fell 2-0 down? At halftime, I was thinking, it's not too bad. You know, 1-0, we're, we're looking okay. It did I, I saw, apart from a couple of little individual runs, if you were, and there were plenty there, if you were in neutral and you'd never been to see either of those clubs before, you'd have had every right to turn around and say, so, oh, which one, of the, is it the yellow or the claret ones that are playing in... Uh, in League One, because neither of us looked, they didn't look special, did they, really? And I think they're playing a fairly strong side. Um, I know the likes of Conor Hurahane didn't start, but all in all, it was a pretty strong side. So I, I, I don't think they, I don't think they looked incredible. And at half time, thinking 1 0, that's not, not too bad. 
Um, I'd say the biggest moment of quality in the whole game, arguably, was from one player in a move, was their second goal. It was a, it was a clever run, well, a good run, a very clever finish to get past House said. Um, and when that goes in, 2-0, you're thinking, just don't don't make it an embarrassing scoreline. If you st- if you keep it at that, you're thinking, oh, the TV will go, do you know what? Talky played well. They only managed to ship two against a, you know, really a, probably a championship side. And, you know, it gives them confidence going into, the, into their, their next run of fixtures. Yeah, I agree with that, Sam. I think first half, we sort of, we just looked, we looked fairly solid. I was, I don't, I think Derby were the better side marginally. I think their number 11 was giving Mox a bit of a hard time down there. Mendez Lang. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. And I know um, it almost looked like Mox took himself off um, in a way. I don't know if he was carrying a knock or what. That's the kind of the main area where they seem to have a bit of joy. And I kind of, every time he ran at Mox, I thought, ooh, could be a bit of a problem here. Um, but yeah, we kept it to one. Um, but yeah, as Sam says, second goal goes in, you kind of think, oh, it's a long way back. Yeah, I mean, I've, the Moxie point is a good one. Um, I mean, he he came off, and I, I think it was t- tactical, but then he did have an ice pack put on his knee straight away. So I would expect us to see him tomorrow night against Dorking, to be honest. I, I don't think it was... I think it was a mixture of two things. I mean, he was targeted completely by, by Derby, and... There was a lot of play down that right hand side in, in the entire first half. I was going to sorry, I was going to say I I, I I don't. He goes off. He's got an ice pack on every time he goes off, and I think that's just insurance policy with Dean Moxie at the moment. At the age he is, and the amount. Let's be honest. It's not often that I mean, what is he thirty six? That a thirty six year old plays Saturday, Tuesday every yeah. week, and yeah, yeah, and consistently plays well, but. I, I imagine he probably just thought, do you know what? I'm just going to get absolutely bullied here. And it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm making assumptions here, but Dean Moxley is such a professional that yeah, yeah. he probably thought, do you know what? Dorking at home is a far more important game, regardless of, you know, X club or whatever. That's, that. you know, if, if you offered me, I'm not sure what score will be tomorrow, but if you offered me a loss against Derby and a win against Dorking, I, I would have taken it because that's, we're in a relegation battle as it stands. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think that's fair. And also, I'd like to point out the pitch was pretty ropey in that area. On um, that side, yeah. Yeah, you could see us in the second half do exactly the same thing. Use the win to our advantage, play into that corner, and De Silva and Donnellan really, you know, took it to to their back four in that area a lot. So it could have just been that that part of the pitch he was really struggling with. But I think Sam's right. I think you know Dean Moxie is a professional, and I think he knew that up against Mendes Lang, he, his days were numbered really. Um, so, looking at the second goal, um, would you just say that's League One quality, or would you be pointing the finger at either Ellis for backing off or Holstead for literally falling over and letting the ball go in his near post? At the time, I well, I thought Ellis was going to block it. I thought Ellis was going to get in front, and when he didn't, I thought Mark's going to Mark should save it. That was my first feeling. Don't know about you, Sam. Yeah, I, I I put it down to a couple of things. Um, I think it's a case of both. A bit of League One quality, yeah. though both could have done better. But I think the things from our perspective, it's a goalkeeper and a centre-back that have played, what, two and a half games together at that point. 
not 100% got that communication. Okay, they're both experienced enough they should. But also, I think it's what clubs can always be guilty of when they're playing against these types of players that they probably just show them too much respect. Probably gave them the respect thinking, I'm just going to, you know, don't put a challenge and he will beat you. Where it's like, you're then inviting him to come and have a go. And those those kind of players will, you know, if, if we're the player of, of League One quality unknown, well, we sort of do and we'll good win. But they hit the target every time. So if you if you give him the opportunity, he's going to hit the target. And yeah, Mark's had a much better season so far than last season. He's, you know, if there was a most improved award, he'd be, you know, have two hands on it already. But if you get a shot on target against Mark Halstead, you, you know, you've, you've got a chance of scoring, haven't you? Yeah, it, it felt a little bit weak. I mean, I mean to come so soon after half-time was disappointing. I, I, and I, I wouldn't say we switched off necessarily, but it felt a long way back but you have to hand it to the team um two nil down in a cup tie you know we, we kept our heads up and there must have been a lot of belief there because we were on the front foot to win the penalty and get the uh, and force a red card um so again i'll ask you sam what were your thoughts at the time and looking back now uh what do you think of the uh decision for the red card and having now been rescinded in the last hour or so What's your sort of thoughts on the whole situation? Um, it's a if it's anywhere else in the pitch, it's probably just a foul, but it's a foul inside the area and it is a goal scoring opportunity. If you deny a goal scoring opportunity, it's a red card. You know, it's I don't really understand the I don't know if in the rules, I'm fairly sure you can't, but you know, if you change it to a yellow, then you know, is it a yellow card? Anywhere else on the pitch, it's probably not a booking. I mean, the, the wording is that if you make no attempt to play the ball, which he doesn't because he's got hold of his shirt, and if you deny a goal-scoring chance, which he has because Goodwin is clean through, it, it's a red card. At the time, I thought it was definitely a red, and I'm sticking by it. Um, I think I think it's a red. I do think it's a red. Um, so having, having, having read that wording of it, it seems very silly that it has just in the last hour or so been rescinded and he's able to play against Liverpool um, for, for Derby next week. Yeah, I've seen that. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. Um, you see challenges, you see red cards and you think you've got that's a stonewall appeal and then nothing happens. Um, yeah, I think... And they've, they've, they've done well there to get that rescinded, I think. No, I agree. Um, so we get a penalty and there must have been about two minutes in between the awarding of it and when Asa finally steps up to take it. And I don't think you'd want anybody else in our team other than Asa to take that penalty, would you, really? No, I mean, it, it's interesting. I did think when it was given, because we've not had the best penalty record in the last few years, even in the National League South with Reed, He didn't, you know, he missed a few. Um and Acer hasn't scored everyone he's taken, but, and you look and you think Goodwin and Jarvis probably, you know, they're both really good natural finishes, but nothing was going to phase Acer Hall. And it's almost like the long, I actually think if, if you could calculate it in such a way, I think the longer the wait was, the more likely he was to break that net. You know, he, yeah. he really put his foot through that. And that's ex- exactly what you should do in that situation. Don't try and place it. Don't be clever. Just fucking thump it down the middle. Yeah, it was top class from him. Because, I mean, first of all, I didn't even think the ref was going to give the pen. He seems to take an age to, to actually point to the spot. And then when he did point to the spot, Ace had the ball under his arm. But I watched, there was a few stood where us 
Sam, and we weren't actually sure if it was a penalty or not. But like the fact that Asa had the ball under his arm was like, well, it is actually a penalty. Um, yeah, and I was pretty confident he was going to bury it, to be honest with you. That's what he did. Yeah, I think I'd convinced myself he was going to miss it simply because it had been <laughs> so long in between, you know, awarding it and then taking it. But, you know, you should never write off Ace at all. I mean, he is still absolutely essential to this team, I think. He's still, um, still our most important player, and I'll, I'll die on that hill. Yeah, I thought he, I think he struggled to start a little bit on Sunday, but he gradually got in the game. And if you watch the highlights of the second half, like, I don't know how many chances he's running into the box and he's getting on the end of things. He could have probably scored like a hat trick on Sunday on a different day. This just goes to prove that he, he's not a city midfielder, he is still a box to box midfielder. And if you can manage his game time well this season, I think he's, he's still got an, another year out of him next year. Not playing week in, week out, but he shows no sign of slowing down yet. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been fair all season. It's only in the last couple of weeks where probably by necessity, he's ended up playing 90 minutes or, or, or 60 minutes of matches. And it's only in the last two weeks he's scored four goals, um, you know, and they're good goals. They're good arriving in the box late sort of goals. And they're the goals you want your captain to score because when the chips are down, he really drives us on still. Um, and it was great to see him playing central role. So down to 10 men. Uh, Derby, and then it's fair to say for the rest of the second half, we absolutely battered them. I, I, I don't think you can you can have any complaints in in the wording of that. We just took it to them, and it looks very very likely we were going to get an equaliser. Yeah, it was one of those games where you think you were looking. I was looking at the clock, thinking we've got a really we are all over here. We we've one of these has surely got to go in soon. Um, and I thought what I quite liked was on both wings and I thought bearing in mind they're arguably both playing out of position because they're not their natural positions but both fullbacks Donnellan and Crow were really helping out the wingers in terms of over overlapping and creating chances for the really the first time this season I think yeah maybe arguably Tuesday but especially to have it on both sides we look a different team yeah shout out to Dylan Crow like that's the best I've seen him play um he just looked he just looked really accomplished going forward. Him yeah, and Wern, him and Wern down um, down the left hand side. Yeah, um, there's linking up really nicely. I think for the for for the pen, I think it's a nice little interchange. And then Lapsley got it in the centre and put a nice ball through. Um, so yeah, I just think that the desire in the second half was just fantastic. Just to see that team, especially in front of the TV cameras, you know. There's definitely a bit of added pressure there. And they just really, really took it to Derby. Didn't show them any respect. I think, we, as you say, Ben, they showed them too much respect first half. And second half, it was just a case of, we're going to have one more chance. That's what I just kept, I just kept saying to my brother's today. We're going to have one more chance. And yeah, we, we made the pressure tell in the end. Yeah, I, mean, I think if you if you lose that 2-1, but you've given it a good go, then you walk away still proud of what your achievements. You think, OK, that, that's fair enough. We'll, we'll take that. But in the end, it, <laughs> that's not how it turned out. And it's another go time goal. And uh, I wonder, Sam, if you can just talk us through uh, about 20 seconds of your life when that goal went in. Well, I mean, let's take it back to the corner. I still, I sit from the heart. I still can't work out whose corner and who should really get fined a week's wages for not being the first man with the last corner of the match. Um, that was. Let's not let's not pretend that that was absolute. I was I was 
was Wernie, wasn't it? it was, was it? I mean, yeah. I was like, no, 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 no. You, you can't not beat a first man from there. But great first time ball back in from Crow. Um, Halstead was up there, and part of me just thought, he, this is going to be, this is going to finish his redemption. This is going to be it. We come full circle. He's going to get it. But so I think he won one of the headers in the middle. Uh, comes out to Jarvis. One effort's blocked. Second one comes in. Just sheer intelligence from Will Goodwin. And I'm I'm using the highlights to do that because I just, you just see it go in, take a deflection and go in and hit the back of the net. And then it's just pandemonium because it's up there with, with the Kovalan goal in terms of individual moments, just dying seconds. We were, we were over added time. We were, you know, we were into the 95th minute. It goes in and all the players just run to, to celebrate with him. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be all high and mighty. The pitch invasion, but just, it was so everything just came together I went ballistic. I was making noises I, I didn't know I could make. Uh, my voice is still a bit croaky. Um, I saw plenty of people who who had tears in their eyes just because they're the moments you live for, and especially after the start we've had. And, you know, you go a bit deeper, say, with the FA Cup and Torquay, we, I can't really think of a single good FA Cup memory since, I don't know, since, since beating Blackpool. So, yeah, it was just just bonkers and it was yeah one of those moments that that's why you go to football because once in a while you get a moment that would stay with you forever yeah it's a special moment I think I nearly ended up over one of the, like the barriers and pop side um <laughs> <laughs> if it was down family stand end, I think would have been on the pitch at some point um yeah it's unbelievable wasn't it I think that clip on um ITV Football's Twitter has got about a quarter of a million views, and I think about a hundred of them are me, just by rewatching <laughs> re it over and over and over again. Didn't do anything at work yesterday. If any of my bosses are listening, which they won't be, but um, yeah, just unbelievable. Um, and it did feel it had the similar sort of feeling you for the Kovalan goal, but there was no horrendous, disgusting aftertaste to it. It was we don't, just, need, we don't need to talk about that. It was just pure. It was just pure delight. So yeah, unbelievable. Can we have one podcast we don't fucking mention Ashton <laughs> Gate and Kovalev? I mean, <laughs> every single podcast it, it worms its way in. It, it, it's that split second, isn't it, where you where your brain tells you it's a goal. Yeah. Has it got? Is it a goal? Has it gone in? Is, what's going on here? And, and then, as you say, it's arms everywhere. It's hugging strangers. It, it's just. We said it about the Ben Winter goal. If if you, if you bottle that feeling and then and then, and then sell it at a later date, you become a millionaire. It's just pure joy on a very base level. It's just guttural, just just shouting. It's just pure joy. And for me, you don't often see playing more like that. Um, the last time I saw playing more like that was probably Chelmsford at home, and that was in front of two thousand fans. But to see it, four thousand fans, you know, and see it all spill onto the pitch, it, it it gets emotional when you're used to watching. Well, very recently, you've seen us lose to Solar Hole 4 0 and not having barely have a kick and, and this, that, and the other. It, it's just one of those moments you really have to savour. And um, I'd like to issue an apology right now because before the Hampton Richmond game, I said Ever Cup is a waste of time and, you know, we should just uh, bin it off. It, you know, there's no fun to be had. And obviously, Rowena stuck her nose in and said, You're anti fun, you know, the Ever Cup's brilliant and we're going to have, you know, earned 
a very pretty penny from this cup run uh, as it is. So, yep, I'm you know a big enough man to say I was wrong about that. Fair play, it was brilliant. And as an apology to to Marina, you know, I will buy you a cup of tea or a portion of chips at Dorking at home or Chesterfield at home or Gateshead at home. So just let me know when you want them. And that, that's my way of apologising to you. So <laughs> well done. Um, but I've touched on it there. Uh, what do you think that means? In, you know, what, what's the importance of that in the context of our season? Well, look, we owe Clark Osborne about six million quid as a football club. I think. We, we were talking about it today, and I think he, he, the club are probably going to get, with ticket sales and TV money, I don't think you get any money, because you get money in the qualifying rounds if you lose, and you get money from the semi-final if you lose, and the final. But in the other sort of first, second, third, fourth, fifth round propers, you don't see any money if you don't win. So I think we worked out, it's probably going to be about 150, 200 grand. You know, a lot of it depends on uh, ticket sales on for Tuesday, which Derby reduced it to a tenner for an adult, which is probably the right thing to do because it, you know, we, we'll have as many tickets as we want. You know, their their away end will hold about three thousand. You know, they'll probably give us an allocation of fifteen hundred, and then if we need more, they'll give us more. Um, you know, if, if we can get ten thousand in or something, that's a potential forty grand worth of ticket money for us. Um, now that money, there's no point in giving it back to Clark 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 Osborne taking it out because I mean I say that I'd quite like a 150, 200 grand, but if you put six million quid in something, it's a drop in the ocean, isn't it? But what it should do, that should just go straight into the squad because that's that saves our season. You know, we've got if you think we've managed to get, I think the three most important signings since the start of the season. So what I would say the three that came in over the last couple of weeks would be Ness, Ellis and uh, Steve Wern. If you could keep those three, whether it be on loan or permanent for the rest of the season, we're more than safe. We're, we're finishing mid-table and you're thinking, well, if we had a better start, we'd have got the playoffs. You know, if if that money gets reinvested into the squad, you know, 150 grand pays for three or four decent player salaries for the year. Simple as. Yeah, I feel like we have to use not only the monetary value of this to kick on, but we also need to take the reward in terms of, you know, what that means, what that brings to the team's confidence moving forward. I mean, I just really hope we can take it into the next game and just, you know, hope that's going to give us so much belief going forward, I think. Yeah, I mean, Sam's touching it there. The inclusion of uh, Ellis, Ness and Wynn gives us a real strong first 11. And I thought it was interesting on Sunday that even when we were needing a goal going into the last 10 minutes, we didn't make any subs. So it seems to me like, much like last season, Gary's got his first 11 who he's happy with and he's going to go with that. So with a replay now penciled in for next Tuesday, there's three games in six days. Do we see any of the options on the bench being used or are we just going to have to keep flogging those, those 11 and hope we pick up the points we need. It's a difficult one tomorrow because you're playing against a team that, you know, on form we should win, but it's the National League and it doesn't work like that. You know, I think you have to give, you can't assume anything in this league. We've, we've learned that over the last not too many years. Um, but this is where, like I say, he's, Gary knows his team now. 
he knows his team. And this is where the likes of, I know some players are coming back from injury, so I'm not going to include them, but the likes of Brett McGavin will have to look at this and think, if I want to be part of this squad going forward, I need to make the most of every opportunity I get and every opportunity because you say Acer, you know, he's been playing through injuries, not been fully fit. People like Brett, I, I will sing them out, but Brett McGovern is that, is that actually you were meant to be the player to take over. You're the, he's the same sort of player in theory as Acer Hall. Players like that have to stand up and be counted for now and basically grab, grab their, a lot of them are young. You're grabbing your career by the scruff of the neck and trying to make it work because if they don't, We've got enough money that we can go, you know, we'll pay up half your contract. You can go. You're not play, you're not going to be playing for us. So yeah, I think tomorrow is, I'd say of all four games, you know, both Derby games, Chesterfield and Dorking, tomorrow is the biggest of the lot because that's the most winnable home league game. And league form is I love the FA Cup. I, I, I love Sunday so much. It was the best day since not counting the playoff semi, but Tomorrow you've got to win, so you you go into it with a strong a strong team as you can, but with the understanding that certain players aren't going to be able to play the full game. I think one of the positives I'll take is that Dylan Crow can play at left back by the looks of things and can do a good job there. So if we haven't got Dan Martin fit, because I don't think Ben White's worth playing anymore. If they've got the money, I'd I'd send him send him back in. Um, but you know, if, if Dan Martin's not fit, maybe it's a good opportunity for Acer. Sorry, sorry for Dean Moxie to sit one out, and unless he feels fit enough, because we've got to start using these squad players if if they're up for it. Yeah, I think he's probably going to go with the same level, and I think you kind of have to. But kind of the main worry is the centre of the park with Laps and Acer. Like they're not going to be able, or Ace is not going to be able to play Saturday, Tuesday, night minutes. So, and I think I don't know. You can probably correct me on this, but Smith, are we maxed out on the loans? So Smith can't. If we don't, yeah, yeah. So Smith is always going to be the uh, odd one out, and uh, I'm, as far as I'm aware, Kieran Evans is going to come back to us quite soon, and and I think he's back in the squad, but. I think he's just doing light running and, and, and I don't think he's imminently going to play, but he's certainly back with us. So he also he'll, had... he'll, he'll... No, sorry, go on. I was going to say, he'll, he'll, he'll be number six and Smith would be number seven, so... Well, that's the thing. Smith kind of lost out just by default. I think he's been good, but the other, other areas of pitch were more important. Kieran Evans was obviously a season-long loan and he was starting to hit some form and I think with the lineup we're playing at the moment, the formation, it's one of those where he can either play in the middle if you're taking a striker off, or he's a good option to bring on for or play instead of maybe Dylan Silva just yeah. to change it up a bit. Um, and he's a really good player, so he's someone that you would want back. So yeah, I think in midfield, you that's where you. I know he's coming back from injury, but let's not be around the bush. He's not. He's not shone yet, but Ryan Hansen also has to step up. You know, if he's fit enough and he and they and he's needed, if he play because if he plays with either Acer or Lapsley, those two players are good enough on the ball. They can do the hard work or do the do the main do the football play part of it. Hansen just needs to kind of and and McGavin. They they it, for me they're the two that it's now or never. 
yeah, you might find, well, I'm hoping that this sort of system and with this new personnel, these these players might be able to come in and actually show us a bit more about what, show us more what they've got to to offer. Because before we were, you know, we didn't have any wingers for starters, um, which hasn't helped. And now we've got those sorted. Um, they might be able to come in and do a job. You never know. But yeah, as you say, they, they really need to take their chance when they do come in. I think the best part of our team at the moment is Goodwin and Jarvis. I think they are a real old-fashioned partnership and you could see their link-up against Aldershot that they were in sync and then with the equaliser, okay, um, it's a deflection, but it's a great finish, but we wouldn't really call it a link-up. But you could see that they gave each other a big hug at the end of it. You could tell that they're really working as a partnership. They enjoyed the- playing together. Yeah. They, they had a big hug after when Jarvis got his hat-trick goal the other day. The last person he went to and gave a big hug to was Will Goodwin. They, you could tell they enjoy playing together. And I said it before, I think those two are the real deal. I, and Jarvis is, I think both of them together are, the, are each the best strikers since we've had, since we had Jamie Reid, 100%. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I was very annoyed with Jarvis for what he did at Eastleigh, for just basically just throwing a game away, but I've forgiven him now. It's fine. Um, he... Yeah, he's got a bit of pace about him as well. He's not just a target, you know, he's not just someone you can just lump the ball to and, you know, feed off the scraps. He's actually got a bit of pace and he's, yeah, he does look like a decent player. Now he's now he's sort of hit hit his flow a little bit. I'll tell you what else I like about him and you two will be able to relate to this, but obviously we all play a bit of football every now and again um, and we're all incredibly good looking. And so is Aaron Jarvis and he just, he, he goes to prove <laughs> that even if you're good looking, you can still get physical and uh, put yourself about. So I'm glad he's backing us all up on that. Absolutely, you know, team team handsome all, all the way. <laughs> um, but uh, just touching on Goodwin, um, I must say I absolutely loved his celebration. And oh, there's a brilliant there's a brilliant tweet I think ITV put out with him on his knees in front of the, you just see the first couple of fans running onto the pitch and the the pure joy on his face. And as I've said a few times, it, it's very rare you see a low knee come to a club and then put himself about in the way that he has. He's really 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 put himself about for Gary Johnson and so all these people we see every single week slagging off Gary Johnson losing the dressing room and this that and the other how many late equalizers do we or let last minute goals do we get under Gary Johnson you know he has not lost the dressing room all these players continue to play for him right up until the last minute and it's just absolutely brilliant to see well that's the thing isn't it you know you don't if you'd lost the if he'd lost the dressing room those players would have thrown the towel in it too now yeah, he's obviously yes, absolutely ludicrous to say it. They lost dressing room. Um, I think one of the, the best bits about that clip as well was seeing his face after it. Just see the smile on his face. Just oh, just just love the bloke to be honest. Yeah, I mean he said mm-hmm. that, and then Stephen Wern tweeted after the game said, "Oh, this club, you know, it's yeah. something about Torquay that really gets in, in into the bones of these players when they come down, and it, it really is great to see." And just a, a final point, I have to say the fans were absolutely fantastic throughout the entire game, even at 2-0 down. And you could really feel that we were building towards something. And okay, I wasn't expecting a 94th minute equaliser, but I really felt for the whole second half, we really drove the team on. And it was great to see play more like that. It was loud, wasn't it? Like, when you're there, you go, oh yeah, it's loud, obviously it is. But when you listen to the goals back and just... The- like it was it really there was a decent amount of noise coming out of play more. And when it's interesting as well, because it was an FA Cup game, it's almost like we went 2-0 down, and everyone kind of thought, oh well, let's just get behind them. 
Whereas if that was in the league, in the league, there'd probably be a few, you know, bloody rubbishes flying around, all that kind of stuff. So it just does show you what what the crowd can do. Um, so the replay is next Tuesday, and because we are absolutely massive, we are a massive football team. We are on the BBC again. That's on BBC again. Three or on iPlayer. Um, so, um, what are our hopes or uh, fears for the replay? Uh, do we go there with absolutely no fear, having just held them to to play more? It's another free hit. It's another free hit. You know, you go and. Okay, you've got two league games in between, and with Torquay's record this season, let's let's assume that <laughs> let's pray that we don't have any injuries or suspensions going into it. But Derby are clearly beatable. I'm not saying we're going to go there and win, but they <laughs> they don't look amazing. Um, okay, it's different, big day out. A lot of these players would have never played at a ground like this, whether they come from big academies or not. You know, big what, 30, 20, 30,000 seat of ground or 30, yeah, it must be about 30, 35,000 seat of ground with, even if they only get 15,000 in, some of these players would have never played in front of that kind of crowd. Um, so it's a, it's a big test for them, but I think you go and it, I think what we can learn is if you play like we did in the second half and take the game to Derby, anything can happen. Don't give them the respect because if you do that, that's when they'll punish you. Yeah, I think I don't think anyone's going to go there and presume we're going to get a result. But at the same time, we've just had them camped in their half for forty-five minutes, like on Sunday. So we have to go there and believe that we can potentially get something. Just go there, try and keep it tight for as long as possible. And cliche coming, but it's the FA Cup. And uh, just to round off the FA Cup segment of the podcast, um, we were drawn last night um, away to Newport, which is winnable, but also completely uninspiring. Yeah, um, I said, we're, now we've got Newport away, we'll probably end up beating Derby or something ridiculous, and then we'll lose at Newport like 2-0 or something. But yeah. I'm not, rushing. I'm, I'm not rushing to <laughs> Newport. Call me a day trip if you like, but... <laughs> I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the night out of Pride Park, but I'm not going to Newport. <laughs> I've been to Newport and it's a shit hole. It is terrible. I've never been, um, but I'm going Derby. So yeah, as Sam says, we're just gonna we'll hit up Derby. Um, so before all that, as we've touched upon, we've got two very important league games, both at Plainmore. Uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday, we are at home to Dorking, and Dorking have played sixteen. Won six, lost seven, and they've conceded 37 in 16 games, which is the second most in the division with a goal difference of minus seven. And I think after an energy sapping um, game like we had against Derby, without wishing to disrespect Dorking in any way, shape or form, um, that's probably as nice a home game as we could hope for. It's crashing back down to earth, isn't it? You know, just this timely reminder, we are still in National League. Um but it's it's the perfect game, isn't it? You'd like to think that they'll be up for it. I think the thing that goes in our favour is there's no Champions League football this week. It's Carabao Cup. So hopefully, you know, a few people that went to the game who are local on Sunday will think, you know what, good chance seeing another win. And we think we've scored eight in our last two home games. Um, uh, if you include Altrincham, we've, we've scored 12 in three home games. We've finally found you know, a, a 
an, an equation of how to score goals. If um, I think we finally trust defence, I, I don't see why any reason why we wouldn't go and get three points tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, on paper, it looks like a winnable game for sure. I think it will be a tough game. Um, I actually forgot where we were in the league for the last couple of days. I've been a bit wrapped up in the cup. But yeah, I think we just need to try and scrape a win if just get a win on the board. It's just really important to 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 bounce to to use that cup um result as a as a platform to moving forward. And then on Saturday we've got Chesterfield, which again will be a tough game. They're third and they've won 10 out of their 17 games this season. So looking at those two fixtures together, if you can just scrape three points or Maybe four at tops. That that's a good return for this set of fixtures. I bite your arm off at four. I'll yeah. happily take three. I think if it was get deal or no deal, and the banker said to me, "You can have three points, no injuries, no suspensions going into Derby." You think perfect, absolutely perfect. Yeah, I'll be greedy and say four. I like um, because I'm viewing Chesterfield in like the eyes of we've got spanked six by Wrexham before we seem to have sort of turned the corner. So if we play like we did against Derby, against Chesterfield, then there's no reason to say, well, we can't can't get a win. But, you know, football's not that straightforward. So, yeah. Um, so, so we are still currently bottom. We shouldn't forget that, despite yeah. the six wide and the two two. We are, we are bottom and deservedly so. We've been dreadful for 90% of the season so far. But... With games against Dorking and Chesterfield and then Barnet and Gateshead after that, um, do you think we can get to the end of the month off the bottom of the league? I expect us to. The way we're playing, um, I always think you... you, you be, Johnson might be best off saying to players, don't even look at the table because it's, it's, it's irrelevant now with the four, you know, showing a bit of form and a bit of, bit of quality. Just go out there, you know, get through the next five or six and all of a sudden you're looking at it and go, oh, hang on a minute, it's not that bad. Um, obviously, a lot of us go into Derby and not Derby, well, we are, but a lot of us go into Barnet and, you know, pre-last Tuesday, pre-week ago today, I thought it's just going to be a day out of, you know, getting on the on the beers. That, that'll be it. But now you're going and thinking, I'll tell you what, we, we could well go out there and get a result. Home to Gateshead, that you know, that's a winnable game. We've got apart from, you know, you take the the anomaly of the cup out of it. You know, really, apart from Chesterfield, we've got a really good run of fixtures with the former on and the players we've got. So I don't see why, yeah, come the end of the month, it should be at least be off the bottom. Yeah, I think looking at the fixtures, you need to target Dorking and and um, why is the name escaped me? Gates said, yeah. You need to be targeting those two wins for sure. And then if you can get um, points against Chesterfield and Barnet, I know Barnet aren't, uh, they've started off very well, that they're not putting up trees as much as they were. So, yeah, you never know what can happen up there. Yeah, I mean, you get off the bottom and then you're not too many points away from mid-table. It, it's it's as, tight at as as we've said, you know, so often to people who've been saying we're doomed, you know, it only takes a run of, of two or three wins to suddenly make things look a whole lot more rosy. And looking at our starting eleven now, you know, that looks like a team that could go on a little little run. 
Um, so uh, any other business, I'd like to mention um, our new third kit, which was revealed uh, during the week. What do we think of our beetroot third kit? Bloody lovely. Yeah, very nice. Um, <laughs> Love a bit of beetroot. That's a hell of a good bit, a great bit of timing for the club with the Christmas traffic coming in. I mean, that's, uh, I saw a few come full time and, and just before the game on on Sunday. And I think, uh, I, I think it might get a, a television appearance on Tuesday. Yeah, hopefully. I've got one. Uh, it looks, it actually looks nicer in the flesh. Um, it looks actually more beetrooty, but it's a good thing. Um, uh, what did you guys think of putting Pro Direct on the front of the strip? Because I actually thought it looked a bit better than the 1899. And that might be I've wanted a <laughs> Having 1899 for one season was great, but I just prefer having a sponsor. And I don't like the whole sponsorless kit. Bit of a detail, but you look at iconic kits, and it, as long as it's not a vulgar sponsor, you think of it. I mean, I, I don't know if anyone's ever known this about me, so brace yourselves. Well, I'm also a West Ham fan. Um, and you've you? got like the iconic. Dr. Martin's one. I still think of, you know, the old spark world across the Chester's very tall key. So I thought, I mean, it's a great moneymaker for the club because Pro Direct would have spent quite a lot of money on that. And um, yeah, to be honest, I'd, I'd have that going forward now. I, mean, I think it's down to what the club and what Pro Direct want to do. I mean, Pro Direct have made, you know, it made it obvious that they're behind the kit in the first place have been for the last four or five years and it's obviously been down to them whether they put their, their, their name on, on the front of the shirt but I think I probably agree that um, it's better to have an actual name sponsor um, although in saying that the 1899 shirt we had a few years ago with the palm trees is the best kit we've had in a long long time and that did lit the dog's bollocks yeah, um, yeah I was really that one I mean, I'm a bit of a traditionalist. I'm a bit of a stick in the mud, and I think we should wear yellow at every single fixture we possibly can. I mean, I, I because we are called the Yellows, we call ourselves Yellow Army. So, I'm not sure how often we'll play in pink, um, but I certainly like it. Um, probably not enough to to spend forty pound on it, um, but um, as you say, it's it's come out in good time for Christmas, so it's probably a very clever marketing point. Hasn't it just? If you're listening, Dad, <laughs> will he be listening? <laughs> Good, yeah. good question. Of course he is. Uh, and the other thing um, we should mention is that we're doing a, a drive for sponsor, sign up for the, the trust. And I know, Sam, you are a massive part of the trust these days and perhaps you'd uh, throw a platform open to you just to have a bit of a rallying call. Yeah, uh, really, really good response to the tweet I put out. I think it might have been last week. Um, I think the, the issue we've all got is there's the big underlying feeling that the club hasn't or the squad hasn't had any proper investment throughout the season. That's why we're in the position we are. Um, and I just think there's a silent man at the top who I don't think any of us fully trust. Um, a lot of things that have been promised haven't been delivered. You know, the local board, we've got one local person on a board of what three, including the man at the top. Um, we've been promised fans forums over and over again. We've never had one. Um, and what the trust needs is strength in numbers. They're not there to buy the club before anyone listening brings up that argument. They're there to ensure the long-term stability of the club. Um, the AGM is coming up. I can't remember the date off the top of my head. It is in my calendar. 
Um, that is Thursday, the 24th of November, I believe, at the rugby club. So if you remember, please do come along. Um, and it's just, I think it's a case where you don't want to leave it too late. It's 50 pence a week. And aside from the obvious and trying to keep the club, you know, long-term sustainable, they also do some great work. They kept the women's team going uh, a couple of years ago in the COVID season. They've done a lot of work for disabled and autistic fans. Um, and yeah, for the sake of 50 pence a week, I think you'd be doing a very good thing. Uh, excellent. Uh, do either of you have any other business like to bring up? Uh, just that the goals are massive. Uh, yeah, um, BBC and ITV are on it, so Channel 4 and Channel 5, up your game. I mean, it's a shame that Babe Station aren't a thing anymore because we are pornographic, we are, we are massive. Um, I'm surprised Comedy Central haven't made a call to talk it. <laughs> They're all there, aren't they? Um, but on that note, I just want to congratulate Sam for avoiding a restraining order from Laura Woods. Uh, Thank you. Very well. uh, you see, we tried to get a selfie at the end, but we got kicked out, didn't we? So, uh, yeah, they, I think they have my image on file. <laughs> and on that note, uh, I think we'll end. So, uh, thank you to Johnny. Cheers, guys. And thank you to Sam. Thank you. Uh, we'll have hopefully episode 99 out for you beginning of next week where we'll round up the Dorking and Chesterfield games where hopefully we'll have six points to talk about. But thank you for listening and we'll see you again soon. Cheers. Goodbye.